Hey y'all, I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. Today's episode is sponsored by Farm Tea Company. Farm Tea Company has apparel for all 50 states and is focused on American farmers, ranchers, and the agricultural community as a whole. Farm Tea Company shows pride in where you farm, how you farm, and why you farm. Check them out at www.farmteaco.com or at Farm Tea Co. on social media. Okay, I am very excited for a few reasons today. Um, first, I want to welcome our guests. For today, we have Delaney and Tanner. And Tanner is actually the first male guest we've ever had on Ag Chicks. So Tanner, welcome and uh, welcome to the hot seat too. Um, woot, woot, I am excited. <laughs> I am excited too. And uh, I actually connected with y'all through being on your podcast and so I would recommend listeners, if you have not yet checked that out, to do so. And I'll be sure to include that in the show notes. Um, but Delaney and Tanner, if you guys wouldn't mind just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself to get things started today. Ladies first, Delaney, go for it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us, Allie. We certainly appreciate it. And kudos to Tanner for being the first male on your podcast. Although I will say he's very supportive of strong women in agriculture. So he feels like a good one to have on. <laughs> Um, I grew up on a farm in Southeast Iowa and so have been in agriculture my entire life and through a different chain of events, um, started Ag News Daily about five years ago, right out of college and was actually looking at getting into kind of a radio business at the time and just found that there was a lot of infrastructure costs required with kind of the original business idea and was at the Commodity Classic and ran into Rob Sharkey. And he was like, why don't you just start a podcast? So that's what we did. A week later, we started Ag News Daily. And I was hosting with a gen different gentleman at the time. But Tanner and I are both uh, big podcasters, big content creators. We have a lot of irons in the fire and we like to create content for the ag industry. So awesome. Yeah. And, and Tanner, what about you? Yeah, so I am uh, a farm kid from Northwest Iowa, living in Central Iowa now. I am a ag lender by profession. So the day job is a banker, uh, but have teamed up with Delaney on the Ag News Daily podcast, not after Rob Sharkey had influence on myself about three and a half years ago to start the Farm for Profit podcast. So double, double hosting, double duty on a podcast. Uh, Farm for Profit comes out on Mondays. Ag News Daily comes out every day of the week. And then I get to help farmers throughout the week uh, put loan and finance packages together. But surrounded by women in my entire life, I've been very <laughs> blessed to uh, have a beautiful wife and two daughters. I grew up with two sisters. And uh, I think every dog I've ever had has been female. So we'll, uh, we'll lean on that as uh, my connection here to being the first male guest on the Ag Chicks podcast. Awesome. Well, um, I'm excited to get to know more about both of you guys as we kind of work through the episode today. And Tanner, I love your connections to, to women in agriculture. So I think we'll get along just fine. Um, but Delaney, I kind of want to come back to a few things you said first. Um, so you mentioned that Ag News Daily really kind of started as something um, because you were looking for a way to get back into agriculture and connecting people and podcasting um, is something that I think probably within the last year, especially for the agriculture industry, has really taken off. Um, so can you kind of tell us, and, and Tanner, I want your, your take on this as well in a minute, but tell us in terms of kind of your experience, 
how it's been to kind of ride this like trend of podcasting in our industry? Yeah, absolutely. Quick side note. Can you hear all the noise in the background? Cannot. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So when I started in the podcast landscape about five plus years ago now, the big podcasts out there was like Rob Sharkey, the Shark Farmer podcast. I mean, I'm even trying to think back if there were really any others that were kind of famous and there largely weren't. So that was good, but also presented a couple of challenges from a monetization standpoint. You know, how do we get advertisers to pay to advertise with us was a big challenge that we found right out of the gate. And eventually another, I guess I wouldn't say problem, but just thing that we noticed was that podcasts are kind of an isolated business and they're a little different than TV. They're a little different than radio, different from print, obviously, but there wasn't really a way to work with other podcasters. And so this idea of a network started to form. And so in late 2018, officially launched Global Ag Network, which is basically a herd of agriculturally focused podcasts. We're up to, I believe, nine in the network now and always looking to recruit new ag podcasts. But we just found it was a really great way to go out and approach some podcasts that had been around in the space. I mean, Working Cows is one of our flag uh, staple podcasts. And they've been in the space quite a way, quite a while too. I think maybe three and a half or four years. So Clay started kind of at the beginning of the ag podcast infancy, but we just really found that there weren't a lot of resources out there for people who wanted to start an ag podcast. And so that's part of our goal with the network is to provide resources to help people start a podcast and also to make sure people are getting paid for the time that it takes to produce a podcast. Because as you know, Allie, it can, there can be a lot of work going into lining up guests and doing all of the editing and putting it on social media and promoting it. So we just felt like that was a really good way to work with all sorts of different podcasts in the ag space and help everyone continue to grow. Yeah, no, I, I agree with things. It's been um, quite a learning curve as I've each season, I feel like I get a little bit better at things and get things a little bit more tuned in. Um, but Tanner, especially since you have a uh, an additional podcast too. What are your thoughts on kind of all of the things that are now in the ad, the world of ag podcasting? Well, it's, it's fun to get to meet people that are in podcasting just in general, because everybody has a different why. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I think ag podcasting is going to continue to grow is sometimes the why is for monetization. It's, I want to create an individual path uh, the ability for me to have a lifestyle that I want to lead, creating content, and that's great. Um, that is a very tough road to travel. But what's even more fun is when you find out that the why is a true passion, and then the passion can get shared. You know, Delaney, same thing. She knows that there was a need for a trusted source to deliver a message on a consistent basis where there's all kinds of shows about mental health, about uh, helping spouses of farmers, you know, know that they're not alone or for example our show is is all about achieving higher levels of profitability so you find these people that one share a passion for continuing to convey a message but two the passion about why they're doing it is even more fun to dive into and i just see it evolving into the ability for more people to speak their mind and provide value to others uh, unfortunately, it, it's kind of like the world of TV to where there's only going to be a couple of podcasts that are going to grow and be large. Right. You know, 
Friends was a very unique TV show. Yeah. It's one in a million that you have a TV show as such that's going to run so many seasons and impact so many people. But you can't give up on going through the process just because your audience is a couple hundred. Because to, because to those couple hundred people, imagine them sitting in the same room with you as you're speaking. Well, do you get nervous now? <laughs> Help from behind a microphone? Um, so that's the fun thing. And then like Delaney said is, we're still educating corporations on what value we bring. Uh, it's not like radio to where you might catch somebody in their car today at two o'clock when the ad runs. The people that come to your podcast are wanting to listen to Allie. And if there's a company that agrees or aligns with what Allie is saying or the mission of her podcast, it's really difficult right now to put a value on what that message is worth. It's much more targeted uh, in that grand scheme of things. So I agree, it, it's a, a battle is a, a lack of a better term on just getting the world to understand that it can be as targeted as a Facebook ad if you choose the right creator to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to think about as I think more people are coming into this space of uh, creating content about agriculture, right? Not only through podcasting, but on social media and video and all those types of things. One thing that, and you kind of touched on this, one thing I've found to be unique and special is for my guests, at least, we're all involved in agriculture in some facet, but everyone's story is still so vastly different. And I think that's the cool part about doing it through a podcast platform is to where it really captures like the essence of people's voice and their journey and their story and all those cool things that sometimes can't be portrayed in a different way. And so for me, that's been kind of the coolest part of this journey of, you know, having guests and stuff like that. Um, for y'all, I know, um, obviously I was a guest, so I know you have guests, um, but, but what has been kind of the part about having people on the show that maybe you've um, enjoyed or found interesting through kind of the, the different podcasts that y'all do. I'm yeah. going first, Delaney. Okay, I was going to uh, say, we, uh -huh. we both do a lot of podcasting. Mm -hmm. So Tanner's got his whole other podcast. We also are guests on a lot of people's podcasts. And I host a couple other like one-off podcasts for people and do some podcast editing. So yeah, you certainly get to interview a fair share of guests. We just, not all that long ago, hit a thousand episodes on the Agnes Daily podcast. So it's crazy to sit there and think, wow, we've interviewed a thousand different people in agriculture that are, you know, connected to agriculture. But on our podcast, we really try to let kind of the news dictate who we're going to talk to for that day or that week. And so, you know, a lot of topics right now that are pretty timely are planting season and weather and what's going on there. Of course, the Russia-Ukraine situation and how that impacts our food security. We talk a lot about the commodity markets, and that's kind of our number one downloaded show that a lot of farmers tend to listen to is just what's going on in the commodity markets, since that obviously impacts their profitability. But we kind of try and run the gamut on different topics that we touch on. And I'm even trying to think like, what was the most memorable interview? And I can't say I've got one off the top of my head, but it's just really neat to be able to learn about different parts of agriculture and amplify those people's voices that are in different parts of the U.S. or in the world. We've had a lot of international guests on as well and be able to share their stories and just learn ourselves about you know, what different parts of agriculture look like. I guess I am thinking, you know, one of the most recent memorable interviews that I did was with a Ukrainian farmer. Um, 
within the last couple of weeks who is getting ready to plant. And I think he is planted now. We kind of message on WhatsApp a little bit here and there, but he was just sharing, you know, some of the live visuals that he and neighbors were seeing. And that was really impactful to hear real time. He's on the train to go and meet with some legislators to try and request some additional funding and help there in Ukraine. And yeah, that one was probably one of the toughest interviews that I've had to do, but yeah. Yeah, I bet that's a lot of emotions. And then, uh, like you said, it's all relevant to what's happening, right? And that is the cool thing, I guess, about podcasting and scheduling guests is it can be as current or as non-current as you kind of want it to be. And then Tanner, I did want to get your take on that because I felt like you had an eager response. <laughs> you bet, but I'm patient. I can I can wait. Um, I, I do. And, and I mentioned that it's fun to meet other podcasters and learn what their passion is. Right. And... I started off thinking that the passion for doing farm for profit was I was going to educate people and help them run their farms better. So my loan gets paid back faster or I don't have to worry about it getting paid back. And it's almost like doing it for selfish reasons now because I get to meet so many awesome people and, and so many experts. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like outside of the agricultural sector to ask somebody to be on your podcast, but I very rarely get told no. Yeah. If I'm asking a guest and, and can explain to them what the show's about and what we want them to talk about, very rarely do you get told no. It's usually a, I can't do it right now, let's set it up for July. Or, you know, let's keep in touch. I think this would be great. And then vice versa, the opportunities that I get to have them in studio with me, how quickly people in ag are willing to make a connection with you even after the mics are turned off. I mean, there's some times to where we finish recording at seven o'clock at night and the guest won't leave until 10. Yeah. And, and just like Delaney said, you know, she's contacting a farmer overseas through WhatsApp. I'm getting text messages on a daily basis from former guests or Snapchats or people are DMing me on, on TikTok or Twitter that have been on the show or want to be on the show. And, and the selfish part of it is, is that's awesome. I've got friends everywhere. And, and the fun part is, is in agriculture, we know that so much of what we do is competition to our neighbors. We don't get that on ag podcasting. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've ran into anybody like Delaney invited me to co-host her show. I already have another podcast. We're not competing against each other for listeners. We all have unique approaches. We're, the three of our shows are not any different mm -hmm. or are not anything like the same. They're all different. And we can have on the same guest and have a completely different conversation, which is fun because I know there's other industries and I know there's other places to where it is cutthroat and it is proprietary and guests have to sign a, sign a non, um, you know, kind of like a gag order for can't be on another show for six months. I mean, it's just the true nature of agriculture as an industry shows through in the way the guests behave when you ask, when you talk to them and correspond with them afterwards. Yes, for sure. And I think for me, because of, I guess, the space that I'm in and the guests that I have, it's been so neat to see how like honest and raw people get. And that I think has been like such an eye-opening experience from a host standpoint of, you know, like these people are trusting me to tell their stories. And so that's a lot of responsibility that I really, you know, am proud of over and 
um, excited also because I am a firm believer and I want to get y'all's points on this or perspectives on this, but I'm a firm believer that sometimes we don't always do a great job of telling our story in agriculture and it is such a beautiful story. So platforms like podcasting is such a unique opportunity to allow people to really tell their story in agriculture. And what, what are your guys' kind of thoughts on that? And as everything has evolved again, kind of the process that it's kind of turned into. I was just thinking about this this morning on my way, driving to the gym when I was thinking like kind of my run through of the day and was like, oh yeah, we've got this podcast record with Allie later on. It's really interesting too, because as a podcast host, I feel like I and I am an ag journalist by training, but I feel like I'm really focused on telling other people's story that I also forget like, oh yeah, I have a story to tell too with our farm and all of the different business ventures that we're in and, you know, all of that. So it's interesting that you kind of lose that a little bit in my perspective of, I forget like, oh yeah, I, people like to have us on as guests because we have interesting stories to share too, but it's just interesting. I think too, that podcasting has made I don't want to say journalists because people aren't necessarily journalists that host podcasts, but has introduced kind of this new sphere of let's call it ag talent of these people that, um, you know, host podcasts and have these really impactful and insightful conversations and didn't have any sort of formal media training, but still do an awesome job telling other people's stories that are out there. So I think that's kind of an interesting addition that we've seen to the media landscape as well. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And personally speaking, I mean, I literally started the podcast because I was at home with COVID or not with COVID because of COVID. And I was like, I'm kind of lonely and bored and I'm going to start talking to people. Um, And again, yeah, it's transformed into this thing now where I have guests every week and and, um, it's really taken off. So it's kind of a cool opportunity too. Absolutely. Tanner, do you have any thoughts on that as well in terms of kind of the storytelling of ag and all of that well it's such a tricky task to take on and and i say that because i don't feel qualified sometimes to tell other people's stories and that's the best part about it is you don't have to be like a rush limbaugh and tell the story you can be a host that just asks good questions and if you're genuinely curious that allows your guest to tell their story. And if the world worked perfectly, I would say that uh, most podcast hosts would love to record two shows with the same person. You, you talk for 30 minutes and throw the first 30 minutes away because now you're, now you're on the same page. They trust you. You're, you're in a comfort level to where now you can get uh, a lot more of the person to open up and relax. And that's the second beautiful thing about podcasting is TV and radio, most of the time live are just that. Mm-hmm. You make a mistake and it's too late. It's gone. It's out there. People have consumed it. Podcasting, you can kind of reassure your guests that their story will sound the best that it can because we all have editing capabilities. We all have different levels of editing skills or people that do the editing But ultimately, you can kind of help that person relax a little bit by saying, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Say something. Screw up. We'll make it disappear. Or if it's funny, we'll leave it in and it's part of your personality. Um, So yeah, that's just what I would add is don't feel sometimes like I do being overwhelmed like, oh my gosh, this is a a great story. I have to do a fantastic job where I'm not qualified. Just go for it. 
Tanner's uh-huh. being modest because he's a really good <laughs> co-host. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked him to co-host Ag News Daily with me. But, but I'll, ta- I'll piggyback on the back of that is, is sometimes when you're running a show, you get so focused on the brand of the show that you forget about your personal identity. And Delaney yeah. is one of those that, that brought it up to me. You know, I'm, I'm branded as the Iowa Banker Man on all platforms. And until Delaney pointed it out, that that's a unique story that you are a banker that can drive a tractor and drive a semi and talk to anybody about anything that doesn't always exist. Cause most of the time you think of a banker in a suit and a tie and they're stuck up in their office, you know, you, you end up with stuffy and intimidating. Um, so that's the other thing as a host, you got to remember that you still get to be you and, and you're not just your brand. Yeah. I think that's a really important Concept and topic, especially as agriculture kind of moves more into this space of um, content creation and all of that, because it's important to remember, and I think even more so maybe for agriculture, that um, our brands may be even more important of how we portray ourselves because everyone is watching us, like not only within agriculture, but consumers as well, I think. Any little thing, you know, they catch and they, um, they can run with. So I think from that standpoint, it is important to remember that we are making personal brands for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree on that one. And for you guys, how has the kind of transformation of, and I mean, we've kind of talked about this too, but the transformation of you're telling other people's stories, but also remembering to put your personal touch in, has that been difficult or has it been something that you kind of, it's evolved as the shows have evolved? So I've got an evolution story to our podcast. So I started it, um, and, and it looks back and it seems naively, but I started it with a sole business focus. I was going to teach you every week something that might make you a better farmer or rancher or make you more money. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but that is such a small segment of people that want to be talked at every single week. And uh, I have two co-hosts, very thankfully, two very unique personalities aside from mine. I have a, an auctioneer and realtor who's a co-host and a farmer seed, ma- seed salesman who's a co-host. And their perspectives helped shape what our show is today by not making it a longer talk at you, but we're going to talk with you or talk through something and then add an element of entertainment. So. The, the evolution is always there. And sometimes that is dictated by uh, suggestions from close friends, families, maybe even co-hosts or by listeners, because like Delaney said, Ag News Daily is, is driven by the news, which is influenced by what's going on in the world. Farm for Profit right now, I haven't had to come up with a new topic idea for the last six months because guests and topics are suggested to us. Mm. And if that's what the listeners want to hear, that's what we get to put together. So I, I would just encourage people if they're thinking about doing their own show or in their show is don't be stuck on the way you always, you've always done it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Play, play with a couple of different uh, philosophies. Change the day you release it or how long your shows are. Um, go with what your listeners want. Yeah, and I think that for the Ag News Daily podcast, we've had a couple couple of shifts over the years of just little nuances of like, Hey, maybe just try tweaking this and this. And then when we brought Tanner on, we've started releasing our podcast in the morning instead of the afternoon. And so 
I feel like we're trying to always kind of adapt to what we think our listeners will want. And sometimes they're very vocal about things and other times not. Um, And so I think you ultimately have to listen to what they want, but also for us, we've been doing it for five. I've been doing this for five years, every weekday over, you know, and I haven't been on every single one, but that's a lot of content and a lot of podcasts that I've produced. And I feel like for me, it's, I've definitely hit points where it's like, okay, this is, needs to get refreshed because it's no longer exciting for me. And so I think Tanner's really helped kind of change that to some extent and make it more exciting now. And we've changed some things, but I think you have to continue to change things or you're not gonna be able to compete with other mediums that are out there. You know, you look at TikTok, like you can spend how many hours scrolling through TikTok because you want to watch all these videos and they do a really good job with the algorithms of targeting exactly the type of content that you'll like. So you're competing on more and more media landscapes now. And so I think you just have to continue to evolve and grow. And if you don't, you're going to die. So yeah. Yeah, no, I think that is the, uh, the, yep, that's, that's it right there. And, and as things are evolving more and there's new things popping up daily and new trending things and all that, it's kind of, um, and because it is now, obviously it's more popular for agriculture podcasts. However, I still feel like we're, we're still fresh, right. And we're still kind of trying to navigate um, not only the content side of things, but also the monetization and sponsors and all that kind of stuff, because some of these agriculture companies are just not familiar with that, right? Like that's never something that they've done. And so for y'all kind of being one of the first ones to kind of like forge that, how have those relationships, um, obviously kind of paid off, but then also how has that developed as you guys have moved through things? It's definitely hard to monetize your podcast. I mean, that's why part of the reason why people originally wanted to join the network is because we kind of were lifting that burden off of people's plates. And you have this fine line of, again, people that maybe had official media training and understand the media landscape and those that don't that are coming into the mix now and trying to figure out how to pitch things to an agency or to a John Deere, you know, et cetera. So we actually just last July of 21, signed a deal with Meredith's successful farming team. And so now they handle hundred percent of all of our advertisements. And that's been great because they have a team of seven. And before it was me and another gal that was doing it kind of part-time. And so we just really excelled since there. And it's just interesting, like the partnerships that you'll run across through podcasting, whether that's, you know, from the marketing standpoint or just on their co-host, I was a guest on Tanner's podcast last year And things kind of just grew from there. Like I knew who he was. I assume he knew who I was, but we didn't really, for being as close, you know, located as we are, we didn't really have our paths cross a whole lot. So you just never know who you're going to meet or what doors will open and opportunities will present themselves. And we at Farm for Profit get asked a lot about this question because, you know, we aren't a member of the Global Ag Network. We're not a member of any network as an individual podcast. Obviously, Delaney and I work together on Ag News Daily, but they, they always ask, how do you get started? I mean, truthfully, I started connecting with people on LinkedIn. I looked at companies that followed us on Twitter and reached out and honestly gave my first couple of ads and couples a small term. I gave away a lot of ads for free because I compare it to like it is with me in the finance industry as a banker is 
yes, I make loans every single day, but you as a person probably only buy one or two houses your entire lifetime. So to come and get a home loan, you aren't expected to be the expert as the person buying the house. You need to have someone kind of shepherd you throughout the process and, and let you know that this is the next step and this is how things work. And yes, this is, this is market pricing. So I feel like that's kind of the method we took with our partners on the financial side is, yep, we understand that this is different, but we can get access to this group of people. We can get enough statistics behind them to let you know that, that they are in these states and they run this type of a farm business or they have this type of a sales company. And then ask your partners what that's worth to them. Because right now there's really not a set in stone market price for advertising on a podcast. If you're going to go and commoditize a show like Joe Rogan's large millions of downloads, yes, it's probably going to be a pennies per thousand download and it's going to be a standard package. But if you have a unique message or a targeted audience, you almost need to ask who your partners are, what that's worth to them. And you could be surprised because they may be contemplating putting together a, a meeting, a sales meeting for 300 people in a room that's going to cost them $20,000 between venue and food and presenters. And you can get access to an audience that is twice that size and will do it for a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. So it, it's difficult. Um, I spend hours a week talking to people on the phone or responding to emails that are interested in advertising. And and they're not all great fits because you got to stay true to your mission and the message you want to deliver. And I was going to say too, part of that, like Tanner just saying, was saying there is you really have to hustle to monetize it. You have to make a lot of calls and a lot of emails. And as you're first starting out, like you may have to give some stuff away for free or for really low cost. I was always taught though, Tanner, um, you can't give anything away for free because then people don't associate a value with it. So when we first started, we always charge at least a little, um, to make sure that people associated a value with it, but you really do have to get out there and hustle. If you don't have someone helping you do that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I wish I would have had that mindset when we first started, because you're right. The first time you then ask for money is really hard to ask for the inflated value or the actual monetization and the same thing is our partners Allie, have been very happy with the results we've produced and our audience has continued to grow hence why they were happy but then you ask for more when it's time to mm -hmm. renew or re-up uh, so it it's one of those to where you almost need some sales training in order to you know make the hustle work on your own yeah, it really is. And that's kind of what is funny to me about um, some of these things like podcasting and all that kind of stuff, because I feel like it starts out and you kind of have one picture in your mind of how it's going to go. And then as you start to do it and all of these new things kind of get developed, you really are. I mean, you're uh, your own assistant scheduling a guests, you're the editor, you're the creator as far as content goes. Um, you're thinking of the questions to ask, you're doing promotions, you're doing all of these different, you're the marketing team, the sales team, all of it, right? Especially if you're um, kind of a one person show. Um, but again, I think it's such a unique opportunity because like you mentioned, our audience can be analyzed from such a like very narrowed down aspect. 
And you can't always do that with things like radio ads or TV. Um, and even sometimes social media things can't necessarily be narrowed in so much. Um, so I think, and also podcasting, our audience is very loyal too. It's like, once you hook them, they come back. And so I think that's a really good thing for when you are talking to these companies and things like that is to, to, to mention that, you know, that these are people that are loyal and obviously they believe in whatever the show's about because numbers should hopefully show that they are continuing to listen. And so um, I think that's just kind of a unique opportunity moving forward for podcasting, but then also agriculture as a whole um, and, and finding things that work well to tell ag story. For sure. So I, I just thought of a couple of, of things to add is it's fun to be in this industry because it's got such a low cost barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. If you want to go farm, that's a big hurdle to cross. If you don't have family members that are in farming, if you don't have uh, any support around you to where you can record a podcast from your laptop or your iPhone, you know, you can go about doing that. Obviously, the better the quality of the audio and the setups that you have, um, the better odds you have of being successful. But there's almost four and a half million different podcasts. And it, it's just fun to know that there's four and a half million people out there that have a story that they want to tell or a mission or a passion that they're looking about going after. And ultimately, you're, you're really just out your time. If you've already got these electronic devices, you can do it just giving up your time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, and like you said, farming, there's a lot more barriers to entry there and a lot more upfront costs to where if you're maybe wanting to become more involved in the agricultural industry and you're thinking maybe podcast is the route to go. I mean, I, like you said, it's, it's minimal to, to no cost to get started. So it's another great thing for any listeners who are thinking about how agriculture kind of plays into their life. Maybe that's an opportunity for you. So last kind of question for y'all is obviously we all work in agriculture in some facet and our shows connect back to that. How do you guys see moving forward the future of podcasting and ag kind of continuing to intersect and reach a larger platform as we kind of, you know, ag always talks about uh, lessening the gap between producer and consumer. How do you see all of that kind of playing together as we progress? I think from a podcast media landscape perspective, you know, generally ag media or the ag technology space is about five years behind, five to 10 years behind where everyone else is in the world. So I think that podcasts are probably starting to hit their peak as far as people that are producing them. And it's starting to get a little more saturated as far as the number of podcasts that are in the ag space. But I also think that as we continue to see, you know, that next generation of kind of the millennial farmer generation step into being the primary decision maker, the 25 to 45 year olds, those people listen to podcasts, you know, we have the data to say, to say and show that. And so I think we'll start to see more adaption of those types of people that are looking for information because my fiance farms and, you know, I help him on the farm, but it's crazy to me, the amount of information that he's constantly looking up on his phone, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, because he's trying to become a better farmer. And I think he's not 
unusual from all of the other young farmers that are out there that are trying to do things differently than dad and grandpa did it. And so I think there's a good space for ag podcasts to serve that group of growing farmers that have a desire to learn and are taking over the farm. And, you know, like Panner's Farm for Profit podcast, that's a great one for them to be able to figure out some new ideas and innovations for their operations. So I think we're going to continue to see adoption of podcasts more regularly, but I also think I wish I could like forecast ahead and know what it was. There's going to be something else coming down the pipeline really, really soon. I have a feeling, and I don't know what that is going to be, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shifts the media landscape yet again. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. Tanner, what are you kind of thinking on all that? I mean, look at TV. TV went from, you started off with a cable service. And that's what everybody watched. You knew that your TV show was going to be popular because there was only so many of them. And you knew that if you created an entertaining show, you were going to reach demographics across the board. If you were only talking about ranch life and it was about something very specific to only ranchers you're only going to have them as your audience but look at how popular yellowstone's been if you are looking at the future of podcasting you have to put entertainment at the core because being there is not going to be enough i i see it lasting for a long time because radio still exists and radio has been here forever. This is, you know, I remember graduating from college saying that I want to create the DVR for radio because there were radio shows that I wanted to listen to, but while I was in class, I couldn't. And here we are, we've got the DVR for radio. So you just should, think about- We should tagline that, Tanner. Trademark it. Trademark that. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, it's true. And like Delaney said, there's going to be something new. But it, if you, as a person, as a host, as someone who's close to a host, are thinking about something that's relatable to another industry or another target, it could apply to the evolution of podcasting. I mean, I hope it sticks around. My daughters love getting on the microphones. I'm super pumped. One of my brand new sponsors, uh, my eight-year-old recorded part of the ad with me, and they loved it. They thought it was the best thing ever. So my daughter's going to get her first podcast appearance. She's going to be on an eight-week campaign. And she's super proud about it. She's already told her friends and her teachers, nobody's going to listen. No, none of those people are going to listen. But, but that's what the future looks like is it can be whatever we want it. The second thing I want to say is you asked about how do we connect with consumers? And we don't have to. We don't have to, if that's not your goal. If you want to be an advocate, to throw a cliche out there, then you need to figure out a way to be entertaining to all demographics. And I would use Rob Sharkey, the pod father out there, as someone who's working really hard to do that, but is still finding huge struggles. I mean, he's now translated over to Iowa Public Television, or to, to, P, to Public Television itself, PBS as a network, to try and venture outside of having an agricultural based audience. And that's great. And I know with the relationship that I have with him is that's hard also. So it, it, it's one of those to where the route that I'm choosing to go is to get guests on my show that are not specifically in agriculture because if I can influence them as a guest and they tell 10 of their friends 
how much fun they had on the show, maybe I can start to build slowly my way of advocating without doing it directly. Like, for example, we had the drummer from a band called the Pork Tornadoes on just a couple of weeks ago. The dude has no connection to agriculture, except for he is the drummer in a cover band that talks about pork and tornadoes. So he, it was fun to get his story. It connected him to my audience, but he's also the host of the Confused Breakfast podcast that has thousands of downloads of people that love old movies. Farmers like old movies, ranchers like old movies. So I can introduce them to another form of entertainment. And then hopefully reciprocally, he's introducing some of his listeners to our show. If they thought we did a good job and thought we had fun, then maybe we'll pick up some more listeners. So I just would try to get that burden off of people's shoulders that, yes, we need to get the voice of agriculture out. But maybe Delaney, you're on a different side of the table is you don't have to be the one. You can be part of it but you don't have to carry it all. Yeah. And I would say that the way that you're recommending going about it is just a more natural way too, right? You're kind of letting people come to you instead of shoving it down their throat. And I think that that's kind of the, I won't say that's the angle that agriculture has taken so far, but I think that's kind of where people are thinking we need to trend is to be the ones that are like, this is why you need to care. And here's the science and here's the facts and, and, and all of that. But Ultimately, people don't care about those things. Unfortunately, people respond to a connection, an emotional connection, a personal connection, whatever. And I think that's kind of what Tanner's getting at is those are the types of relationships that, you know, maybe we should be looking at is to form those types of things and not here's why you need to care about what we're doing and here's why. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the whole, the connection piece that you guys, you both just touched on. Um, It's kind of, I do recruitment from a college standpoint and I always talk about passive recruitment right kids don't they want to feel like they're being recruited but they want to have that connection of why they want to go somewhere right and I think it's the same thing you know for me the the whole women in agriculture thing I'm trying to connect to the mom or woman who's in the grocery store making the purchasing decisions right so there's my connection Um, so I think those ways that are maybe kind of creative to foster those connections is really probably the ones that um maybe the industry as a whole needs to kind of shift their idea and thinking because uh, like I said earlier, I don't know if we always do a great job of telling our story. So um, similar to podcasting, maybe we need to change and adapt how we kind of do some things um, just to see if it works, if nothing else. Well, I love conversations like this because uh, I don't know if you can see it in my face, but my brain is running 100 miles an hour right now, just relating the, the way that you're asking questions and the way any podcast host can ask questions to, to actions. And I hate giving Rob Sharkey so much prop, but he's good at what he does for a reason. And I remember him telling me a story about, uh, I think he was on the Illinois Farm Bureau and they hosted an event in Chicago and randomly invited people who live in Chicago to uh, this fancy dinner with hors d'oeuvres and drinks but everything there to eat and drink was sourced locally from local farms and then they planted the farmers in the crowd as well to explain to them that oh yes that rye whiskey that you're tasting or enjoying actually came from a farm just south of here you know so on and so forth and he reported back that once people understood that 
farmers are human, ranchers are human, they opened up and he made great relationships with doctors and lawyers and attorneys and stuff from Chicago that were completely disconnected from where their food came from. And, and that's a unique way to, like Delaney said, not shove it down their throat, which made me think about my sales approach in my banking profession is I've always coined the phrase that I want to be your banker on the bench. I don't need to be your number one banker. I want to be your banker. That's what I'm here. I'm, I'm here to give you money to help you achieve your dreams. But I want you to call on me to go about this. So that that's probably the, the little key we need to figure out as podcast hosts is how do we create something that the consumer's calling for uh-huh. to mm-hmm. fill their void? Because I know if you can figure it out, Delaney and I have talked to many of ag corporations that have hundreds of thousands of dollars pooled away in a budget that are there to help educate consumers. They don't know how to do it either. Right. And you can only do so much, right? Like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, you know, you, you have to really focus on being engaging and entertaining and making that connection. And to Tanner's point too, I was speaking, did a workshop for a young leader in ag program in Illinois for Illinois Farm Bureau, not all that long ago. And there were 30 young people. I think the average age was like 32. So it's all people working somewhat in agriculture, except for one or two people that I remember specifically, one of which was a Chicago millennial mom who had just I can't remember exactly how she ran across Illinois Farm Bureau or what the connection was for her. She didn't grow up on a farm. She grew up in Chicago, uh, was very much a city girl, but for whatever reason, found this connection to Illinois Farm Bureau and started doing policy and lobbying for them. And was, I think prior to that, I don't remember if she said vegan or vegetarian, but wasn't largely supportive of agriculture. And she found them. She came to them and said, for whatever reason, something you know, moved her to want to be involved and change her perspective. And so I think it's those types of people or those types of connections that we have to have with non-agriculturalists is what can we share with them that moves them? And ultimately, you know, how do you make that your goal without forcing them to feel like that's your goal? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the challenge. Um, Lately, as I've watched things evolve in terms of like more so social media platforms, I've kind of taken the approach of, you know, producers are also consumers. And at the end of the day, we have to remember that. Um, And we have to get that point across. Like we aren't different. We are the same. Like at the end of the day, we all, well, maybe not sit down depending on our lifestyles, but we all have to eat. Right. And so um, there's, there's, I think just commonly, we think of just this battle between the two sides where in reality, we're probably a lot more similar than we would even think. Um, so like you said, getting that across in a way that has the connection is attractive and, um, you know, engaging and all of those different things, I think is as this all evolves as a challenge, we're going to have to continue to, to kind of problem solve. So thank you for your points, because I think they were extremely spot on and, and helpful to this conversation that I think we continue to, to need to have as we move forward too. And also, um, I, I want to thank you guys both for your time. Tanner, you were an excellent first male host. And Delaney, right. thank you for keeping him in check on the things you needed to. No, there was there was none of that. Um, but I want to thank you both for your time. I know um, you have busy schedules, and I hope that the listeners also get something out of this. I know I did. I always do um, with every guest and every episode. But thank you, and I look forward to seeing how everything continues to grow for y'all as well. 
I appreciate the invite. You did not see all the text messages Delaney sent behind the scenes <laughs> telling me to stop talking or wrap it up. No, I'm kidding. No, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate the the invite. I appreciate the openness to having a dude on the Chicks podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure and I look forward to seeing your growth and how your message evolves as well. Absolutely. Tanner took the words right out of my mouth, Allie. Well, thank you both for uh, spending time with me today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks on Instagram and Facebook, and that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the Ag Chicks channel.